Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Football Revisited. Sims is back, but Rob is gone. Um, so it's Butts, Sims and myself. Uh, unfortunately, boys, we couldn't make it four weeks in a row without discussing VAR. So I thought we'll just start with it. We'll try not to overdo it because I don't want to talk about VAR more than actual football. Um, but I'm just going to hand over to you because <laughs> I, I get annoyed before we even start. VAR, what's wrong with it? I'll take the reins. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, a lot's been said in the last 24, 48 hours about VAR. But I think, I know some people want to get rid of it wholeheartedly and want to see the back end of it. Um, to be honest, they really need to start a review process right now and get the rules in place ready for next season to just eradicate these there's just no other way to say it. These absolutely terrible decisions that are ruining the games. Like I've been quite vocal in my, um, you know, I'm pro you know, I think it's good for the game long term. But even I'm getting to a stage now where it's just, there's just no improvement. And that's, I think, the disheartening thing. It's like, okay, at the start of the season, you could understand that last season, okay, there's going to be mistakes. But the fact, the, the mistakes seem to be getting worse as well, which is worrying. Um, I don't know whether that's just the pressure, whether that's just the reps are being found out for how bad they are in the VAR room and on the pitch. And yeah, it's just a whole mess. But I think I think it should stay because I do think, like you look at the yesterday's at Fulham, they wouldn't have got that, those three points. They may not have got a point. They might have lost that game yet. But VAR you know, got them the three points. So there are positives, but it really needs a shake-up and the rules to change but does the ref actually give, if no VAR, the ref probably gives that anyway. Ref the, use, the Fuchs one? Yeah. Refs use it as a safety blanket and tend not to give well, as many. Thing, I, I personally, I don't know. I, I've, I've watched it back. I don't think the ref would have given that, to be honest, because you could, from his position, he might have thought he was just, he missed, missed the player. But Yeah. You started been. what you said there with saying like, past 24, 48 hours, there's been a lot of talk. But it's the same talk every weekend. And that's oh, what is yeah. getting to me. Yeah, it, that's the talk about rather than seeing a good goal or seeing a good yeah. player or hard bit of defending or something. Yeah, because yeah. Sim says in me every weekend and uh, players not celebrating. That's something that gets you, Sims. Oh, look, I, I've said all week I'm just straight back in it. I'm so fed up now. Like, that, the biggest detail for me is the fact that you just Players are afraid to celebrate. Yeah. And it's just, what is the point? Like, what does come... Like, I was pro-VR. I was. I, I'll hopefully say it. I, I thought that the positives outweigh the negatives, but they clearly don't. Because this idea that VR is there, it's there to get decisions right. Uh, is it getting more decisions right now than ref were getting before? I don't think so. Because they're still talking points yeah. every week. So you may as well have the talking points about a referee's decision that at least you can understand where they're coming from, instead of things we don't even understand. Like, yeah, all subjective. How can you change a subjective call? Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, it is, you know, it's just, it's become, it's become such a farce now. And my issue is, they've changed it mid-season now, but this is like, not everyone has changed. So, like, some refs have changed it, how they look at it. Look at the, I'll use a little one, for example, though. I personally think that I can understand why that's a ref penalty. Because there is contact, I can understand, I can see why. Yeah. My big problem is, one, I, if you can push comes to shove, I would say, yeah, okay, that's a penalty. My problem is, was it clear and obvious that that needed to be overturned? Absolutely not. If you needed to take six or seven replays to start off with, it wasn't clear. So how has that been overturned? Exactly. If you given the pen straight away, and then VR checked it, and it hadn't been overturned, I would have been like, yeah, fine. And I don't think anyone would have had a problem because everyone had gone, Andy Robson, that was rash. Mm. And then you look at last night's one then, and the Villa one, Villa, 90 minute equaliser denied by, he's offside, his arm is offside. And not only that, he's fouled. Yeah. The fact, what the thing that put his arm that? offside is a foul. I come back again, I'll be honest, I, I completely, like, I'm not completely like blown in on my mind, but you got everything game. They're everything Liverpool game. The Van Dyke injury. Liverpool have lost their centre half for the best part of a year. 
and nobody decided to look at it. It's just, it's unbelievably bad. And it comes again, and I think Jimmy Carver used the word mafia last night. He's spot on. They are, they just close ranks. Nothing comes of it. Nothing, it gets swept under the carpet. And we'll be here again next week talking about the same old thing. 100%. You mentioned about uh, the Robertson one. You can see how it's been given. And then uh, the ref changes his mind. And then you only go to last week where you've got the Bruno Fernandes foul against West Brom, where the ref gives it. Everyone can see it should be a pen, and the ref then overturns that. It's they seem to be refing off the headline where one week they'll do something wrong, and for example, start season it was handballs, and then suddenly the same kind of handballs be given. Yeah, and they ref off. Pen like Sims, but then you go to back a few weeks, Chelsea, Man United, um, with Maguire oh, wrestling yeah, yeah. as Kai Maguire wrestling as Pilquetta to the ground from a corner, clear penalty, clear contact, nothing given. And that could be three points between Liverpool and Chelsea at the end of the season. The man, you it could affect the season because the thing that gets me is when you've got Kevin De Bruyne and John Henderson, two of the best players in this country, turning up and turn around and say, I don't even know the rules anymore. Yeah. You don't need any, nothing more than yeah. When you've got two star players, and not only star players, leaders of two of the best teams in the country, telling you, we don't even know the rule anymore. You've got James Miller coming out. James Miller, like, there's, there's nobody who's more like, right, we, you know, we weren't good enough, we move on. Than James Miller and John Henderson. When those two are piping up on t- social media, or they, t- why can't you look at it? The game is played by players. Yeah. Ask the players, like, what do you think? Because you look last night, Jack Grealish last night, he was furious. They don't even know the players anymore. They don't know. It's potluck, and the mo- until that's changed, the product of football is ru- is completely ruined. It's, it is. It's just absolutely. In the gutter right now. I, I really believe. I said on the pod weeks ago that I just you genuinely fall out of love with it. Yeah. And I'm at that stage now because it's, th- there's so many issues with not just VR with football in general, but that instead of just sorting easy fixes, VR is an easy fix now. I'm sorry. Instead yeah. of looking right, just get rid of it. Turn it off and don't turn it back on again. Exactly. But can you? argue the point for VAR like would football be worse if they just completely scrapped it right now um, no I don't think it would be any worse to be honest um, it, it all comes down to because the reason VAR was brought in is because obviously the referees at the time were getting decisions wrong and managers were complaining so really the question is what would you rather, rather in your post-match interview complain about a referee who was solely on his own and he's made a decision right there wrongly. Do you take that? Or do you have the technology? Was that they're meant to help the referees? But yet there's still some teething problems, still issues. So for me, you can't have it both ways. You can't complain about referees for 20 years. Bar comes in. I know they're making mistakes. You know, which 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 one do you want? So for me, you've got to persevere with this. Because I know it's really bad at the moment, but I'm just hoping and clinging on to the fact that maybe in 10 years' time. Well, maybe it shouldn't be 10 years. Let's say five years' time. It's going to be sorted out. The rules are going to change. There'll be no fans. Yeah, that's too late. Well, five years of five years is a long time. Five months is a long time. Yeah. My people are cancelling their TV deals now. Yeah, this is this is the problem I've got now with the whole thing is I and this is what I this is what I got wrong. The major thing I got wrong at the start of this when I was pro it was. I didn't expect it to have such an effect on the feel of a game. Yeah, that's true. Honestly, I watch games now. I the first thing I think of when a goal goes in is is that going to get given? Yeah. I the last goal I properly celebrated was Henderson's one in the Mercy Derby. Straight away got given. Every and I mean every goal, even if I know it's onside, I'm like, yeah. is it a foul or something? Like on you, like you that feeling of a goal going in should never. You know, if it gets taken away because our side, fair enough, the flag goes up. But to be watching the lines being drawn, and again, it comes down to it, it's not even accurate. Yeah. It's like, why is a line there? Yeah. And 
why have they used that frame and not the frame exactly. before where it looked? It's just like, I on, think um, Liverpool Brighton game, you had Liverpool had two goals that's ruled offside Mane and Salah. I don't think anyone in the world has a problem with Mane's offside one. No. You don't need lines. You pause it, you can see actually, yeah, he's well offside. No problem. Okay. Salah's one, lines are, and again, yeah. it's questionable where they are, questionable the freeze frame they use. That's not clear. That's not, it may not even be the right decision. Then why are you ruling out goals? Yeah, that, that's a change I think is going to be. I think I read today that they're going to do the line from players' feet. So they're going to get rid of the arm, the armpit, all this. All his business. Like, again, I can't it's purely going to be from the, def- uh, the attacker's foot. Because obviously, when an attacker makes a run in it, usually their body is in front of their feet. So it makes sense to go from the foot because ultimately that's usually where you score from. It's different if it's a header. That's a different story. But yeah, I don't know. I look at it from a different point of view because I'll ask Tim here because you, you're, you're quite rightly talking about the fans' experience and the enjoyment of scoring a goal. How do you react when Wales in rugby score a try? Do you react anymore, or do you just go? Let's see if it's been a try. Uh, no, because, because for it... me, I still celebrate, but I'm so used to it now. I've adapted my my I've adapted myself watching a game of rugby, and I'm as passionate. I'm more passionate watching Wales play rugby than I am Spurs playing or Wales playing football. So I just think, give it time. I think fans will adapt no. and get used to it. I know that I know this is the problem, but you're going to have to adapt. Different something. because in rugby, for example. If you maybe, if the try isn't given, if it's held up, for example, or it's a five metres go, there are so many different chances to score or score points. In football, one goal might be all you get in a game. It's all you need. Yeah, Goals true. are so key. The whole thing is based off a goal. Like One goal is enough to win a game. So for me, and, and like I said, I am more thinking about Liverpool. I, 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 I don't particularly, you know, I'd like Wales to win, but nothing compared to Liverpool. But like the football is just so, and it shouldn't have to be. That's my point. We sh- you should you shouldn't ask fans to just be like, oh, you know, adapt your thinking because just every goal goes in. Just just calm it down a bit. No, no, the whole thing. The best thing about it is just losing yourself when they score. Just going absolutely yeah. like mental because goals are big things. There's a reason why you no, know, there's only like one or two every game. Yeah. They're big things like that. That comes back to my point I made earlier. I think I think people are going to have to decide what what the, what do they want? Do they want to go back to the way things were, yeah. where then you can't complain, you can never go on, or club can't go off the machine, or the ref did this, ref did that. Well, no, because you could have had bar rule that out, or no, do you I think, persist with it. But the problem but for with me, that, I don't I don't see not, there's a right or wrong way. It just yeah, depends. But it's not the because if if he has getting it right, we wouldn't have a problem. Yeah, like it's getting it wrong. Yeah. So no, I don't. I don't. It's like. Klopp can say, or whoever, Lampard, whoever, they can come out and say you got it wrong because they got it wrong. If we can sit here and say, oh, we are getting everything right, and like, you know, at the end of the day, we might not like it, but it's right, well, there wouldn't be a discussion. It would be, oh, great. Well, unfortunately. Yeah, persevere. Yeah, exactly. It's getting things wrong. Like, badly wrong as well. That's, that's the thing. We're not talking about, like, you know, teeth, you said teething yeah. problems earlier on. These aren't teething problems. This is just fucked and you said, but if like the Premier League goes back to how it was, no VAR, no one can moan at refs. Yes, you can, because they still have their personal responsibility. They still have their level of performance scrutinised like any other professional athlete. Exactly. They should get scrutinised and they should be made better. Yeah, to a point. But I don't think if there's an instance where you could look at something and go, well, if VAR was in place, that goal wouldn't have happened. Or you yeah, but scored. if there's a clear like, foul in the box, will let's say, if there's a clear foul in the box, I think Klopp would have every right to go, the ref should have given that. Yeah, but then that's fine. But and then I'm on about the level the now, with technology, there's still oh that's a clear foul and build up. Actually, let's not give it for no logical reason. Like right now, it probably annoys all managers, all players, and probably all referees more than the old system ever did. And I'll tell you why you would annoy them more now is because you just don't know. It's a conflict. You At least the old way, you know. Yeah. The it, ref's not giving it. No, are they going to give it or they're not? And once they haven't given it, tough for playing on. Yeah. No, you can go and run 50 yards. Most of all, run 50 yards a day. Bobby Firmino's had a lovely assist. He's run 50 yards, slotted it in. 
you celebrate it, they're back on halfway, and then it's, oh, hang on. What is the point? At least, you know what I mean, if he was off, like, if they'd have given offside there, the flag would have gone up. We never see him finish the goal. So yeah. we don't we don't even go, we can't even probably say, oh, I can't believe they ruled that goal. I don't win but, my £20 bet. Yeah, that is another fact. Oh, it is what it is. Let's move on to talk about Newcastle because at least Newcastle are a little bit more positive than. Yeah. And before we get accused of just being kind of bitter Liverpool fans, I think we both agree Brighton definitely deserved something out of that game. Yeah, no, th- yeah, as in. Um, but just yeah. not in the manner. Yes. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Okay. So the opening game of the weekend, Newcastle beat Palace. Lovely result for them. Even Joe Linton scored. Uh, Newcastle currently in 13th. Uh, Steve Bruce deserves credit, but... Um, yeah, to be honest, I think he's doing the best job that he can do. Um, this is probably his ceiling, probably where they are now, 13th. Maybe push 10th if they're lucky, but... And, yeah. I know Newcastle are a weird team. But they, I put him down because I think they deserve a bit of, bit of love, a bit of credit, because... They have had some decent results now. They beat the Everton 2 0. Once you're going to wear the Palace, they obviously got that point to Spurs. Yeah. That's another bad decision to play there. Um, but no, I, I think Steve Bruce is one of their managers, and he's, he's always been um, labelled as a defensive dinosaur. But he, he shouldn't be a manager right now, but he's shown he's a decent manager. and yeah, Reliable. Yeah. And to be honest, yeah, the, the Newcastle fans. I've never wanted them there, and they never will probably. So you probably he's winning sign. more over than probably anyone thought he would. Yeah, but you know what Newcastle fans are like. There'll come a point where they think they're a big club. They should be finishing top top four probably. But... Callum Wilson nine goal contributions this season, seven goals to assist, doing the job um, that warrants his place on that list we made of the best Premier League signings. That's true. Although he's on Josh Davis's draft team, that's not nice. That's not that nice. Um, where do you think, or what do you think the season looks like for Newcastle Sims? Like, is this it? Are they going to be looking up, looking down? I think I think it's the same every year. Isn't it? Just get, have a cup run. Stay yeah. up and have a cup run. Like Newcastle fans would love nothing more. Than, obviously, granted, no, maybe you can't. But who knows? No, maybe by the time the finals come around. But like, go on a cup run. This is what I don't understand. Like, every time, never understood. You're not winning the league. So why are you sending weakened teams out in the cup when you've got good opposition? Go and win the cup. Yeah. And for Newcastle, it's the same. Go and make the same means. Go and reach, you know, try and get to a final. Give them a day out. Because at the end of the day, as a football fan, all you want is, like, at that journey. You want to go and do something and have a day out, don't you? Yeah, things you can talk about. Exactly. Things, moments you can look back. Yeah. Thankfully, no, we've had a few with Liverpool. Nobody particularly cares whether you finish tenth or eleventh. Like you know, if it's eleventh or tenth, who cares? You know, you might. It's not you know you're not getting Europe. You know, it's not like he's yeah. ending up on the table. So, go on, like for me, the best case scenario is finish top ten and a cup run. That's what, and that will be a very good season. Couldn't agree more with that. Um, Palace only a point behind them in fifteenth. Uh, but their average age was the oldest in the Premier League this season with 30 years old, 182 days. Um, in line with Roy Hodgson being manager, really. You know? <laughs> Do you think their season, would you say, same for them? Yeah. yeah Stay exactly the I think I think there's about six or seven clubs who can yeah. say that, isn't it? Like, yeah. You know, you know, Newcastle, I'd say they're probably a bit too good to go down, I think. So I wouldn't put them in the relegation fight. That's then, your favourite saying that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, too good to go down. But, um, but you know, Palace are the same. You you wouldn't think they'd be dragged into it. So, you know, top half and get, try and get a cup run and they've done well, haven't they? When I was um, reading that about the age of their squad being the oldest in the Premier League this season, it actually reminded me of the Roy Hodgson-West Brom squad, basically everyone over 30. Roy Hodgson-Fulham squad, everyone over 30. It's like, that's what he knows, and it works for him. But it's a hell of a hard job for whoever's in after him. Yeah, that's true. They have tried getting younger this year, because they? they put Mitchell in, they brought Eze in. Eze. Um, but then, again, like you said, they go up and say, like a Gary Key, he'll on big money. Yeah. 
and his best days were behind him. Um, and then obviously got people like Benteke, you know, like if they could shift Benteke, it's a big wage off there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they don't hit on enough. I don't think they've got enough coming through with they like. You know, Zaha's not young anymore. No, he's. Uh, 27, 28? Yeah, you wouldn't call him a young player, no. No. Um, not but I definitely think they made steps to try and get younger. In fact. Yeah. That's fair. Um, your favourite team next, but Sheffield. <laughs> um, Sheffield lost to West Brom. Um, so that put West Brom in 18th. Have they got any hope of staying up? I was thinking about this because I know we've been talking about it. I just I, to me, there's four teams that are down there. I know Fulham won last night, and you know, to be fair, they looked all right. But for me, there's four teams: you know, Sheffield, West Brom, Fulham, and Burnley. Those teams are probably going to just take points off each other. So West Brom beating Sheffield United to me is nothing more than okay, we've won the home game. They'll probably go to Sheffield and lose, and it balances itself out. So. For me, yes, it's obviously a good to get the first win, but ultimately, it's not doesn't really mean much. Like Fulham's result is obviously a lot bigger going away at Leicester. That's a big result because they three points you don't expect. Yeah, yeah. But for me, West Brom are just are they going to beat many other teams in the league? I don't do. I yeah. I don't know, man. I I agree with um I agree with you saying about you know the the for Sheffield it's a it's a bad result. But I I I think I come another way. I think it's a big result. West Brom because you lose that you draw you draw points in those games that's what sends you down straight away yeah. without even kick fighting chance winning that type of game gives you that fighting chance to stay in to stay stay in the fight doesn't it like I I think those games those like you know the ones you were saying about the fourteen playing against each other those are their biggest games of the season I think yeah yeah I'd say but it but in other seasons I think there'd be more more teams in and around it but the fact there's only about three or four. I can't see them beating other teams and dragging them down. So that's where I'm coming at. It is a big two points, obviously. Every year, I, honestly, I, I've said this. I've said this for weeks. So I'll say it again. The moment injuries are coming, injuries are on their way, and the moment it hits, you will see teams. I I honestly believe this. A few teams will get dragged down into that battle. That could be the thing that saves the like like one of West Brom yeah, Fulham that. Teams get decimated so badly that they get pulled in because they're going on such a bad run as well. And once you get into that rut of results, it's difficult to get out of. Especially when you're having to play you now from over December, January, twice a week for a lot of teams. Yeah. So I really wouldn't be surprised if by the end of December, that cluster of four is actually a cluster of six. Yeah. Because Newcastle, Lewis Wilson, I mean... You'd, you'd change your mind on... Yeah, I mean, even Palace. Yeah. yeah. It, it right. doesn't take much to get clogged down. I, and I, I'm, I'm positive of it. There will be injuries and teams will get decimated. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, I've called him out before on the podcast and I'm going to do it again. Aaron Ramsdale. He's conceded <laughs> 13 goals from outside the box since the start of last season. The most of any goalkeeper. 13 goals. That's hell of a lot. It's yeah, and I just can't understand. Yeah. We've said it before about the recruitment. Dean Henson out, and he's your guy, a guy you've had on the books, and we're willing to get rid of for free, or I think 200,000. Yeah. Why is he your guy to keep you up in the Premier League? And it's cost them big, big time. Spent a lot of money as well, eh? A lot yeah. of money. It's 18 million pounds. 18 million. Um, Brewster's another one, I think you That's said about him. Right, you've got that. Risk signing, yeah. not ruling him out because obviously he's a young player. To be fair to Sheffield, they, they they could have and should have scored at least a couple of goals against West Brom. They did miss some sitters, so I, I will give them that. But even if they'd won the game, I would have been saying the same thing. Yeah, you know, all right, well done, you beaten West Brom. You should really be beating West Brom. So West yeah. Brom had a few as well, though. I think it, yeah, it was a good game. Actually. The game, balanced the game. I think it was probably fair that Mateus Pereira for West Brom created nine chances. More than anyone else since Kevin De Bruyne against Norwich. Still in your draft team. You know, oh, in fairness long to Slav and Milic, they've been competitive in quite a few games. Yeah. You lost. I give them because I'm not a big fan of theirs, especially the way they play. But Is I think, uh, well, Old Trafford, you know, they, yeah. they went there, they should have got a point there. 
still, they could have picked up a few points, at least two or three extra points, quite Spurs, easily. Spurs, exactly. The Spurs game, there's, you know, there's two points there. So, you know, in fairness to Billich, he's doing a decent job, I think, under the circumstances. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Wolves, Arsenal next. So, um, good win for Wolves. Gabriel scored award with uh, being their only open play goal. The only other goal they scored in November was a penalty on the first of the month. So they went 29 days without uh, without Premier League goal. Um, and actually, since the 4th of October, Arsenal have scored as many Premier League goals as they have committed foul throws. <laughs> with four. Incredible, that? Hector Bellerin, four foul throws. I was also, how are we doing four th- foul throws? Like, how it shouldn't happen in any level of professional football. You should not see one during a season. It's... And Hector's got four all season class. Well, four month November, I think it was. Um, yeah, so we start talking about Arsenal with it's their worst opening 10 games since 1981. Uh, I think they're 14th in the league. Uh, Sims, where do you see four season predictions two weeks ago to one side? Because I think we all named. Do you stick with Arsenal kind of bring it back to top seven, or yeah, I think they will get. You know, I think at the end of the day, cream rises and they've got goals in their team. Aubameyang will start firing soon, but it's not surprising. I said this weeks ago about Arteta. I think he's got away with quite a bit. Got away with quite a bit. They are the most boring teams to watch, and you know, it, I think I read somewhere they sacked um, Una Emery. This yeah. week, yeah. so um, you know, Arteta's come in. I know he didn't come in straight away, did he? I think, but you know, he's had some time now, and they have just become so anti Arsenal. Exactly what I think of Arsenal is good football, fluid football, youngsters coming in a bit flaky these days, but you know, obviously, in the late in the latter years, but they are just so boring to watch. And I just feel like if Arteta, if Arteta, for example, if Arteta was British and probably didn't look like a male model, I genuinely think there'd be a lot of questions. Because if it was Brendan Rodgers now, who's Brendan Rodgers in charge? I agree with that. And I said it yeah. ago, and I said I really think it's, I, I think it's pertinent. They're getting, he's getting away with so much. Yeah, it's really surprising the style they're playing consistently, considering where he's come from. You know, obviously. You know, he's Spanish. He knows how to play good football. He's come from Man City and the Pep for the last two or three years. And it's not as if he hasn't got the players because they have got some talent to play that sort of style. So I don't think that's an excuse. And he's had a couple of... He's brought some players in though. So I don't think he's really got an excuse to play that. But you know, obviously you can do that now and again if you're going away to a big big team, something like that. But you know, at home at Wolves, you know, I know Wolves are a good team, but they should be Hopefully they don't start next week. Though. Yeah, they've lost five in the last eight, Arsenal, compared to losing five in Arteta's first 22. But, you know, my problem isn't so much with their losses, because I think every team can have a slump like that. It's the man in which they're playing. Like, like Butt said, the players are there. I don't expect them to go gung-ho every week, and it's fine, because I think at times, Arteta, like I remember Liverpool last year going there, Arteta tactically got a spot on. They sat back, they broke. But when you've got the players they've got, to then just completely, go, you know, it's very defensive, very defensive. You know, and you're playing against the likes like West Brom, go out and attack them. Yeah, score four, rest your players. Do you know what I mean? Go out and have, because at the end of the day, you are far better than they are. And I think I mean, there's, a lot, there's a lot of those games, but I just think they, they just, you know, even like, like you said, they lost to Leicester and Wolves at home this year. Both of those teams are not as good as Arsenal. You know, that's what Arsenal should be thinking. We are better. We are bigger than both of these teams. Arsenal should not be at the Emirates, second best to a Leicester and to a Wolves team. No chance. And they've shown they can do it. They, you know, first game of the season, they went to Fulham and basically wiped the floor with them. Won three 0 and everyone's singing their praises. And now, within the space of what two Rob or three months, more than one. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, best round three, and they haven't got a goal in a month. So, I don't know, it's a weird situation, Arsenal. 
Uh, what about Wolves? Currently sitting seventh. Uh, I don't think any of us had them in our top seven in our predictions. Can they push on? Yeah, swap it. I'll be honest. They are one of the teams that I look to when when the live games are. And I got Wolves on. I got to watch Wolves. I like the way they play, and I like Noon as well. I think he's probably destined to go to a big club soon. I wouldn't be shocked if Arsenal at some point went in for him if they did get rid of Arteta. I think there'd be a lot of clubs looking at Noon though. And just, you know, you're looking at like Pedro Neto's come in, replacing Yotta. Looks like a fantastic player. You know, that Pudence, nice old player. He's got a lovely goal. You know, they, they just got nice players all over the pitch. Like, you know, Conor Cody, like, you know, he was at Liverpool and he was, Good. he was never yeah. in a bit. And now we're looking at him. He's in England international. One of the best centre backs in the league, you could argue, in a back three. So, yeah, Wolves are a really nice team to watch. And I wouldn't be shocked if they break top seven, top six. And to finish our discussion on a weekend of shocks, so we had Joe Linton scoring, Arsenal scoring, and Fulham scoring a penalty. So they beat Leicester 2-1. That put them 17th just outside the bottom three. Has that changed either of your opinions on them surviving? You both had them to go down. Not particularly, no. I still got them to go down. And I'm glad they got back and they won. I am glad they won because they've been quite, quite you know, you could say lucky but not but as a manager, isn't it? You, you, it's difficult to, but I'm glad they won. But um, over 38 games, I mean, quality shines through at the end, isn't it? And I just think they're not good enough. But you were saying about West Brom, whereby a couple of things have gone against them, and there's a point to your point there. The three penalties for Fulham, you could argue that's about five, six points. I think if we're going into those margins, they're still above the other three with that going against them. I think there's goals there, and there's none in the other three teams. No, that's fair, like I said. Which I'm, is I'm, why I'm, they're my 17th team. Yeah. I'm pleased for him. I'm pleased to go back. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, nice. it's nice to see him. You always, that, Sorry. you always see that, though. You always see that in teams who come up who can score. It's like that. You know, because if you attack that much, you know, the odd game you're there, you are going to beat teams because you attack so much. I just, like Sim says, over 38 games, they will just concede goals left and right. You know, they, you know, yeah, they'll score because they've got a lot of pace. You know, look, man looks. I know he missed that penalty, but you know, he, he, he is dangerous. A yeah, yeah I, to be honest, I was quite shocked that Mitrovic weren't playing, but away from home, that might be might be a good thing to do, especially the big teams getting all our pace up front. So, but no, I, I think I think they'll put up a fight, but ultimately they'll go back then. So, was it Burnley your team to stay up, both of you, I, out of the I, four? I uh, think Burnley stay up. Yeah. Well, did I, did I, I think I might have Burnley go down. Burnley, West Brom, Fulham, Sheffield. I think I had Sheffield to stay up. Okay. Burnley S- would have. Stick with that, Sims? Uh, yeah, I will stick for with now. Second um, season, Syndrome Sims. <laughs> um, and just touch on Leicester. So we said last week after losing Liverpool, just a bad day at the office. Same again, or is it a bigger problem? I just think they're going to pick these results up. Here and there, it's just it is, you know, it's just Brendan Rodgers. It's the Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, way. at the end of the day, yeah. sometimes he goes to, sometimes he gets in his own head. It's like Guardiola, the Champions League latter stages. Um, uh, you know, the it is what it is. And again, Jamie Vardy doesn't fight you if he's not on full, full on full yeah. cylinders, then they tend to struggle. So I won't be worried if I was Leicester, but I would. It's definitely drop points, isn't it, for them? It's a shame. Yeah, I think you can put it down to Europa League as well. Can you playing Thursday? Team not used to it, no. Um, and that's why Rob had them as one of his favourite European teams. <laughs> um, so before we do move on to this week's draft, I found a lovely little trivia question for Premier League years fans. So the last time Fulham won against a team who were in the top four was March 2013. This was against Tottenham. Martin Yall was Fulham boss. Uh, Villas Boas was Spurs boss. Oh. I've got here the names of the 22 players on the pitch to start that game. Just going to be 10. It's back and forth naming players who were starting that game. Three three lives each. And whoever wins can draw the name. Could this be the, oh, I was going to say, could this be the trivia question of the draft? Um, so we'll start, but being a Spurs fan, it would be an unfair advantage if you started. So I'm going to go with Sims. So Spurs, Fulham. Fulham won the game 1-0. 
Villas Boas, y'all, March 2013. Hugo Lloris. was in goal for Tottenham. Be funny if I get my first one wrong. It's bound to be, a, be the nine players we signed with the bail money. Or was that the year before? Hmm. We'll Kyle see. Walker. Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker did not play, but she down in life. I'm never good at these. Um, oh my gosh, wait, only 21 to go, boys. Oh, I try to think of a full alone team. Oh my word, like who that? Who on earth is going to go full alone in 2013 now? Um, Liverpool on, eh? Right, <laughs> so we'll go with oh my god, Aaron Lennon. Aaron Lennon. Did not no, scrap it. We'll like, be here all night. Well, I, I want to say Mark Schwarzer was in goal, was he? Mark Schwarzer was in goal. Sims, back to you quicker than you'd like. Oh my gosh. Um, no. no. One life left for Sims. Get this right, but you really put the pressure. Paulinho wasn't playing. He probably wasn't bored by then. But I'm going to say Bill was playing. Gath Bale was playing. Oh my word. So oh, that is uh... one life left for Sims. If he gets this wrong, the wind goes to butts. <laughs> 2013. I'll have to rewatch this Premier League years. Seven years ago. I'm trying to think. Would Danny Murphy have made an appearance then? I'm going to chuck his name out there. I think he's gone by then. No. Yeah. No, I want to say Dixon at two, but I'm, I'm going to go with Danny Murphy. Danny Murphy has lost you the game. Oh. If, you, if you'd have said Dixon at two, you'd have also lost the game. Okay. So, sure. I'll run through the names. So, you had Spurs lineup: Hugo Lloris, Kyle Norton, Michael Dawson, Stephen Corker, Asriel Corto, um, Sigurdsson, Bale, Adebayor, and Moussa Dembele. And then the Fulham lineup: Mark Schwartz, uh, Sasha Reitha, Philippe Senderos, Brede Hangeland, John Anna Reitha, Karagounis, Steve Sidwell, Ashkan Dejaga, Damien Duff, Dimitar Berbatov, who scored the goal, and Brian Ruiz. Oh, they went up. Did they so, go down last season? Or was it season after? Um, I think it may have been season after. Oh yeah, they, not they sure. went to like three managers in season after. Yeah. Because I'm sure Martin York kept them up, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. They had that German guy coming in. Felix McGath. That's it. Yeah. Um, So, with a resounding 2-1 victory, (laughs) Bats. I'll take it. I'll hand over to you for your draft question. Yeah. Answer your question. Okay. So, this week's draft is... Current Premier League players that annoy slash irritate you, and the trivia question has got nothing to do with that topic. Fantastic. So, I mentioned to the guys before we jumped on. So, this week's trivia question revolves around Golden Boy winners. Now, all you have to do, because there's only two of you. So, since 2009, up to can you name a Golden Boy? winner. And I will throw it to Nathaniel to go first. Um, Kylian Mbappe. He won it in 2017. Raheem Sterling. He won it in 2014. I hate this now. (laughs) When did Mbappe win it? 2017. So from um, 2009. Yeah. This year. Joao Felix. Joao Felix won it in 2019. Haaland. Haaland is the latest winner. Um, Usman Dembele. Usman Dembele. That is incorrect. But I might be generous and given a life. Depends what Sims say. You wouldn't uh, be generous to me. Has <laughs> Neymar on it? Mm, not since 2009. 
Would we... you put it in 2008, maybe? I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. That's fine. Okay. I don't know. Strong, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've only got from 2009 onwards. Oh, do you know what? I just remember as well one of them. As, uh, yeah, I'm happy. I'll lose, but we'll shout names out now to save me for the list. Uh, Donna Rumor. Is he one of Say it again? Donna Rumor. Mario got say one, didn't he? Or got say whatever it is. Got say one in 2011. And um, uh, the UV centre, Delit. Delit one in 2018. Yes. We're going now, 2016. Think of the Euros. Um, oh, Renato Sanchez. Correct. 2015. Was it a Spaniard? No, this guy scored in his debut against your club. I think that's basically every footballer who's ever played football. Yeah. Um, He's French. Martial. Martial, yes. Yeah. 2013. Similar lines. Dave, what? Debut goal? No, no. French. French. Um, Plays for the same club. Moran. Oh, Pogba. Pogba. 2012. Sims, one of our favourite players to watch. Spaniard. David Spaniard. Vaughan. Um, Madrid. <laughs> Correct. Creative fielder. Correct. Disco. Correct. Yes. yes. Right, there's only two left, so you may as well do them. So 2010, one of the most controversial players in the last decade. Mario Bartelli. Mario. And 2009 was a player who has been mentioned on this pod before. Played for, <laughs> I wish. Um, started his career great. First two or three seasons was on fire, and then his career just went down the pan very quickly. Fortune? No. Brazilian. Adriano? No, no, way too late. Played, played for Milan. AC Milan. Pato. Pato. Pato, yeah. Pato, yeah. Nice. Enjoy that. Good question. Yeah. We Good didn't have to win there. That's the only problem. So. Yeah, you 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 wanna? I go first. Thank you. Okay, so players who annoy me. So um, just the one, and I I will be swearing in this one. So uh, first one, I'm getting out of the way now because I just I, I saw a tweet the other day, day and it really annoyed me. So <laughs> it won't come as any surprise that the player who really I really dislike at the moment in the Premier League is Rickardson. Um, he's a serial diver. He's soft. He's a gobshite. He almost snapped Thiago in half. And I just find him so petulant because he only did that because he was kicking out, basically, because he was losing his temper. And then he tweets like things like stupid things. Like he did one the other day where someone said about him diving and he tweeted them, tweeted them back um, a photo of him celebrating in a game they lost. There's <laughs> just stuff that really annoys me. So, regardless, you're on my list, pal. You're on my radar. He was on mine. Good pick. Yeah, good, good pick. pick. Um, I've actually, as I always do, have gone down a different route with my two players. Because I couldn't think off the top of my head someone who I actually hate. Like, I'm sure if I spent more time, they'd come to me. But I've just gone for players who are annoying me at the moment for footballing reasons, not so much for their personality. Um, one's a Liverpool player, and it's not the one you're both thinking that I'm going to say. <laughs> so, it's a Liverpool player who, youngster, was given an opportunity last season and he came on the scene and he was brilliant. People were speaking highly of him in a position where Liverpool are very strong anyway. Um, so he came on and he played like he had that point to prove. And he was outstanding direct. He knew what he wanted to do when, every time he got the ball. Uh, it was talk about Liverpool signing cover for this position. And... When he broke onto the scene, people said, "Oh, actually, we don't need, we don't need a new right back because we got Nico Williams." And then he turns up this season, and it's feeling that he thinks he's made a Welsh cap um, now in the Liverpool squad, always on the bench, things like that. And now he's, he's he has stopped developing. He's getting beat any time a winger wants to cut inside, they can cut inside. Any time the winger wants to go around him, they can go around him. He can't defend. And then what's worse is when he's on the ball, he hasn't got a clue what he wants to do. You think, we've had the conversation about youngsters playing in the environment at the moment, no fans, they should be thriving on it because it's a training match. And 
he's annoying me with how little he's showing at the moment. So for me, Nico Williams gets in at number two. When you started off, I thought you were on about someone else, but I won't say his name in case. Roberto Firmino is not on my... No, I wasn't even Firmino. There's someone else. I'll leave it. Um, okay, I got two picks now. I think I'm going um, yeah. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm glad this guy has me picked, but he is probably the number one guy at the moment. And I think it's because there are no fans in the stadium. And usually when I watch a game, you kind of look at that stadium when the uh, play breaks down, you look at the fans, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm noticing players' voices, their reactions, their facial expressions, the way they talk to the refs. And it is really, really, really starting to annoy me. And I wish I could get him on a rugby pitch and just absolutely kill him because he is slim as it is. I'm not doubting his talent because he is a fantastic player. He's come in and taken the Premier League by storm. Fair play to him. I've got no qualms with that. But he really needs to sort himself out because he's going to catch a smack one day off someone. And this player is Bruno Fernandes. He, oh, think about it now. It's irritating me. So he is my first pick. I'm going to move on. If he was on a rugby pitch, but could you get him? Oh, Do you back easy. yourself? I back myself. He's not very quick, yeah. is he? I back myself to chop him down. Um, right. Okay. There are some players here I can pick. Um, I am also going to go for a player who plays on my team, Spurs, and I am going to go for Sergio Ray. Spurs are doing very well at the moment. I like the balance of the team. I'm not going to talk about Eric Dyer. But <laughs> Sergio Ray, every time he gets the ball and every time the play moves over to him, just I just freeze and I just think something bad is going to happen <laughs> and that is annoying me and irritating me because it is ruining watching the game for me when I should be just enjoying the fact that we're top of the league and playing some decent football for once. So Sergio Aurier is my second pick and please, please bring Matt Doherty back in. My <laughs> heart. As a guy with Matt Doherty in a fantasy football team, I agree with that statement. True. It gets my thumbs up. Um, so similar reason for my second pick as for my first, just a player who's been given chances and isn't taking them despite them having the quality and it's like they're not appreciative of the position they're in and that's what annoys me about this player. Um, so the player is Gabriel Jesus, a player who I think has outstanding ability and on his day looks like Aguero, plays like Aguero, I think to the goal he scored against Liverpool. Incredible touch, turn, finish. And then he'll play three games and not do anything, not look to run. And that's what annoys me about him is all the ability, no consistency. So Gabriel Jesus in at number five. And at number six, I've got three. So I'll give you the one, the one I really, really dislike. Because I think, my, and I, I said to you, boys, I'm going to one word to say, he's an absolute shit out. <laughs> uh, he's a kind of bloke who finishes career as Hamza Chowdhury from Leicester City. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't think of him. Reckless. His challenges are awful. He's got an awful heck and a stupid moustache. And I don't even know what is he. Like, I come to it again. Like, why? He's a destroyer, but he's not very good at that. Is he a passer? No. How has he reached that stage? I don't know. Hamza Chowdhury is definitely there. Ugh, <laughs> Good pick. Did he nearly break uh, Matt Ritchie's leg in an FA Cup game? And Matt Ritchie snapped Salah in half. Salah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. good. I'm sure there's more. A trend, an undertone of who's harmed Liverpool players. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Any honourable mentions? I got two. Tierney is on my radar. I like that. Who did Arsenal play? Um, The Villa game. Villa beat them, and he's after the game chops in because one of the Villa players. Oh did no! Something. It leads, isn't it? Leads, yeah. leads, leads. That's yeah. it. Leads, yeah. mate. Just take your medicine and get out there. Yeah, you said it before. He's there. Just take it on like six guys. Come on, yeah. just yeah, because. Like on. Just because. Uh, uh, what was the headbutt? Like who headbutted? Uh, Pepe, wasn't it? Yeah, Pepe headbutted Alioski, and Tierney's going after Alioski for getting headbutted. Yeah, mate, twenty minutes quite, later. Yeah. Know the battle you're trying to fight. You're, you're losing this, son. Yeah, I got that right. Yeah. I've got one. So this player is entirely on me. Nothing to do with what he's done. He's actually done nothing to warrant being disliked. <laughs> but I just don't like him. 
because I just think he's completely overrated. He's so limited in what he does. Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Yes, he was on my yes. list. And then the last one, and it won't be popular, because it's not popular with me. I don't even like the fact that I, I don't like him. Because <laughs> I want to like him. I really do. But Hyung min on. <laughs> like, I really want to like him. But I just look at him and I think... I he's can a see where you're coming dirty from. Player. I've said it. He's a sneaky, dirty player. Yeah. A um, few times on the dock where he's a bit... I look at it and I think, I just can't be happy for him. He scores, I can't be happy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It's on me. I know. It's entirely on me. It says a lot more about me than it does about them. No, I think that one, it's more about the image the media have tried to make of him. I think if that weren't there, people would... Like, like they look at man, they... Like, yeah. they know he's got that edge to him. They acknowledge that edge. They don't seem to acknowledge the edge the son has. I think that causes that that feeling. I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, I did have if Guendouzi was still at Arsenal, he'd oh, walk onto God. my list. Yeah. I don't think I've hated the player in the last three years as much as I hated him. Can't stand the bloke. I had loads of players. I can't walk it down. I disliked him for years. Best fifty million I've ever got. Jesse Lingard, <laughs> Pickford's on you. Well, oh, Rodgers on you. Yeah. I didn't even think of Pickford. Yeah, Pickford. Marcus Alonso is on you. John Stones is on you because we've lost that argument over Phil Jagielka. I still pick Phil Jagielka now. Screw him. And then there's one player as well. Tom Davis. Has anyone seen the JD advert recently? It's got all oh. these big stars, Van Dyke's in there, Rita Ora's in it, all these big people. And then Tom Davis comes out of nowhere with a stupid bloody Milky Bar kid haircut, taking a picture. He's got rings on like, mate, no, no, no. I'm not having it. Get off I, my TV. I called it uh, Sims early on. Tom Davis is just the English Ganduzi. I remember saying oh. that Sims as soon as they both burst on the scene. Yeah, he can't stand either. And he's done nothing since. He is so average. Yeah, 100%. Well, that was that was nice to vent. It's like we can't vent about VAR. So you know, know the worst thing is, a lot of those players are probably Rob's favourite players. <laughs> probably loves Tom Davis. Yeah. Ganduzi uh, <laughs> probably loves him. Lingard was a good shout because I remember that video he posted of him and Rashford sh- shouting beans at the camera in the hotel room like they hotel did around. Room, yeah, definitely. And it was, oh, I just, mate, what are you doing? Why you might check Marcus Rashford for feeding kids like? <laughs> that. <laughs> that was tongue in cheek. Yeah, cheek. that was a joke. I like to clarify that was a joke. I am <laughs> kids. I really appreciate the fact that kids come into school having been fed. Thank you, Marcus. <laughs> or being. Although if Rob was on this, I'm sure he'd have a good go at having a go at Marcus Rashford or something. Find a way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So should we move on to the mystery topic? Yeah. Um, but you won the Spurs Fulham trivia, so you can pick numbers one, two, or three. I thought I weren't doing it because I did it last week. Um. Well, well if not. I pick myself, oh, I ain't got a question. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Let Let's see. You, take my name out of it. I'll still pick it, but take my name out. You're on a roll. If you pick yours, yeah. If you pick yours, then we'll uh, re- redraw. I'll go. I'll go with three again. Three is me. So, my debate topic is a debate topic that people are currently having, and it's simply: should the Premier League reintroduce the five substitution rule? Um. But for me, Miss Nap, I'll allow you to start this off. Should the Premier League introduce, reintroduce clubs and five subs? Uh, hmm. I've kind of gone back and forth on this, to be honest. Um, but ultimately, at the moment, because Sims has pointed out, he's guaranteed there will be a lot of injuries coming up in the next month, two months. So I think for the benefit of the league, the product, because obviously more, most games are on TV, you want the best players on the pitch. So I think it is worthwhile, and obviously from a player welfare point of view, you know, no, they should be looked after. Um, I do kind of get the argument of the smaller teams to the big teams, then I get the points from the big teams to everyone else. So, yeah, I, I think for the best interest of everyone, they should just introduce five subs for a period of time. Maybe you say, okay, we'll introduce it till middle of January, end of January, then we review it, see what the injuries are like. And kind of go from there and take it month by month, but yeah, ultimately, I think it should. Sims, absolutely, yes, and it needs to be done until the end of the season, and but maybe perhaps, beyond that. If I just would say, and perhaps even beyond. I, I was 
again, one of them hints is wonderful thing because I was against the five subs. I was pretty thinking no, three, three was right. But you look at it, it's clearly the clubs need to be able to take players off because the injuries are happening. My my major issue is I cannot believe I cannot believe that what when you read about like I go back to Jurgen this is not the Jurgen Klopp thing. Like, no, exactly. I can't believe that football fans look at it and think it's Jurgen Klopp. Like I never last night saying this, it's self-interest. It really isn't self-interest because the likes of I say you Sheffield United was a small squad. Chris Wilder has absolutely ruined Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp. Right? Yeah, he will need five subs. That's exactly why I got written down here. If anything, Liverpool and the other big clubs can cope with it better yes. than the smaller clubs. Liverpool have lost Van Dijk and Sims last week. You and I'm sure Rob was backing Liverpool to win the league still because Liverpool can actually still work well without that. Sheffield United or any teams down there lose one of their big names. Do you know what? Because else? they can't sub. Like you said, Liverpool take off Sal. Like for example, a Klopp said today, he would just take Robertson off and bring Simicas on. Yeah. There is a major step down there. When the, the smaller clubs, is that there's not a major gap between a centre mid and their reserve centre mid. Yeah. No, so exactly. Like, the golfing class isn't as big. So if anything, it's the small, it's the smaller clubs who are able to bring in fresh legs to go again to keep and the keep playing. And you know Liverpool on, you know I say Chelsea, anyone Chelsea would have to take Zayek off, and they might bring on. I don't know, like a mo- say it was Mason Mount, for example. Although he does that, but just say it was Mason Mount. Harvard as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, but with say it was Harvard, and they were bringing on Hudson Odoi. Like Hudson Odoi, there is a clear step down between Harvard and Hudson Odoi. Oh, this sorry. Idea, like this idea that oh my god, they're all going to be bringing on real players. They're not, and they're, because there's going to be injuries, I cannot cope. I can't yeah. believe how many people think. Oh no, because the reason is they're saying it is because it's like, oh, Liverpool got loads of injuries. That's why. No, they've been saying this for weeks and weeks and weeks. Soska said it weeks ago. Yeah. It's coming. It yeah. is coming. And in a way, I actually know when it happens that I won't have any sympathy for any of these teams because they were told it's going to happen. It's clear it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, let's not forget Brighton lost two players to muscle injuries on the weekend. Brighton played once a week. What happens when they start playing twice a week, like in December? Yeah, exactly. Like everyone and, talks about the fact that Liverpool lost it. Brighton lost two injuries, muscle injuries. It's the, F, the FA as well, because they're part of it. They should be doing this because you know the Euros are around the corner. You know these international federations should be calling Premier League going, "That yeah, this has been pushed back because of COVID, and yeah. we want the best players playing in this tournament. We need to rest them before it comes." So. I don't get why why they're not introducing it. But again, it's just everything. It takes so long in football to do things. that I'm not surprised they've been talking about it for months and nothing's happened. But it, what frustrates me the most is this idea of it's self-interest. Yeah, elitist and yeah. it's it, far from it. it. It's actually looking to protect all the players. Yeah. Like, ask the players. Again, ask the players. Yeah. Because uh, once they've got to start going two games, three games in a week, and you're asking them to keep going and going and going. Like you said, they're going to break down. Muscle injuries happen. This idea that they can just keep going to the well is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And um, back to the point, uh, I've got Sheffield United examples written down here because Chris Wilder was always one of the most vocal against it. And your point seems about um, there's not going to be much golf in the difference between their bench and their starting team. They got the five strikers they've got: um, Dave McGoldrick, Lynn, uh, Liz Mousse, Billy Sharp, Ollie McBurney, and Ryan Brewster. Four of them won the pitch yesterday or the day before when they needed the goal. Are you saying Sheffield United had somehow disadvantage with the extra subs by saying actually we can now bring McGoldrick on as well? It, Sheffield United are going to be in a position where they need to get a goal later on more than Liverpool will. Yeah. And it's going to be more vital for Sheffield when they are in those positions. So the extra subs benefit smaller teams, in my opinion, more than it does the top teams. For the top teams, it's not a major benefit because ultimately those players are coming off, being rested 20 minutes to the end. Still got to go 90 minutes in Europe midweek. Like it, For the top teams, it's just getting that like an extra 2% less risk of them. 
for the smaller clubs, it is just that thing of actually, if we need a goal, we can get five strikers on the pitch if we want to. Yeah, just so, quickly, I think Sheffield are just being they, they've set their stall, they're being stubborn, and now they don't want to be seen to be pushed over by the big clubs and they're just you know digging their heels in basically. But and at the end of the day, it's going to be their problem because they're probably going to go down because they could have had more subs, but they, they're choosing not to. So, like I said, just wait yep. for the injuries. Get what you deserve. Wait for the injuries to come in. I, I, I'm, I've, I'm so sure that there's going to be a massive injury crisis in every club. And then we'll see managers starting to complain. And I, I'm looking forward then to seeing, because Charlie Neve will call change again then. Yeah. Because, him, like I said, him saying this isn't a, an, um, an exceptional season is the big, was the worst statement I heard last night. And I love Guy Neve. I think he's talked so much sense. That was a ridiculous statement I made last night. Couldn't agree more. Um, and that's just one thing on the last thing you said. That's not going to be the only reason Sheffield United go down. I think <laughs> the list yeah. is endless. I know. <laughs> I got the list ready. So we're all in agreement. Bring it back. And on that note, we'll call it a day and go watch Liverpool. Cheerio. All the best. Cheers, lads. Ciao.